You're clipped on? Mm-hmm. Are so you clipped on? I am clipped on. Or clipped on? Not crypt on. So here it is the day after Christmas. Yep. And we're back out on the patio recording with nothing to say. Except that I'm very tired. But you're still recording. Yes. Yeah, well, because you're a trooper. I'm just worn out. Dedicated. Well, that's it's the post-holiday wear out. My head's been buzzing for days. Is that all the drinking? No, this is before the drinking. <laughs> so did you get everything you always wanted for Christmas? Always wanted? No. Oh. What have you always wanted? I really don't know. A pony? No. Yeah, that's kind of dumb. People who want ponies are dumb. <laughs> okay, no, that's not <laughs> no, true. No, I was but just yeah. thinking, like, I mean, when I was younger, I always wanted some sort of, like, power wheels. and never got that. Mm -hmm. And then finally when I was nine and, or maybe when I was ten, I don't remember. I just know that I got an off-brand Barbie dream house, finally. So it wasn't made, made by Mattel? No. Oh. No. Cheap knockoff. I think stuff. it came from like the Sears catalog or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, are you? Wear, uh, do you have anything like clothing on that you got for Christmas right now? Uh, I have a shirt on that you got for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Which one? It's. Uh, well, I mean, you can't see it because well, no, it's under my jacket. Yeah. Because we're outside. <laughs> it's a and it's long cold. sleeve maroon something or other. Something. <laughs> it's got some sort of I don't know dye job on it that like makes like look kind of faded in certain parts i don't know okay i'm just trying to remember which one it was i as you see i am wearing <clears throat> my heavy duty winter jack that i got is it heavy duty it is it's pretty it's pretty cozy i mean i'll be honest it's pretty good it's not it's not technically my color pattern that i would normally wear yeah you definitely look like you should be working on a motorcycle or something <laughs> right now <laughs> <laughs> Working on a motorcycle. Huh? I don't know with the beanie and the plaid. Yeah, over it's shirt super thing. cozy yeah. though, and like. Um, What's the lining like? Well, it's like a inside of a like a hoodie. Okay. It's like a hoodie inside this flannel here. It's All got right. the hood. So it's not like quilted or something. It's kind of fleece like. Okay. Yeah, got it. it's super cozy, and uh, it's it's the right size so it could fit over like if i had another like a long sleeve shirt or something it's you know it's a little oversized for that so it'd be perfect for when we like go camping mm -hmm. especially when we go camping in the fall when it gets nice and chilly and i like it yeah so yeah um but i noticed something odd about it what it <laughs> You're awfully quiet. I'm, I'm just <laughs> thinking, like, what would be odd? Like, is there a, a fake pocket somewhere? Uh, no. Is it button on the wrong side? Close. It has, in 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 the clothing industry terms, it has a woman's zipper. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that whole thing is, well, I, okay, I think the whole thing is ridiculous. Men's buttons, women's buttons, and that sort of a thing. But I realize that that's how the clothing industry has built itself. So, you know, I'm not going to fix it overnight by complaining about this hoodie. But yeah, it was weird because I, because the flannel part snaps on the front, right? Mm -hmm. And then but there's a, zipper, there's a zipper on the hoodie part underneath it. I unzipped it, didn't think anything of it until I put it on and went to zip it up. And I went with my right hand to grab the base of the zipper like <laughs> I always do and then guide the left hand into the pocket. And I realized in my left hand was the zipper. <laughs> so it was backwards from what I'm accustomed to. And yeah, so... Neat. Yeah. Do you I know think what? you still have a little sticker for the size. If you lift or raise your left arm, yeah, there's something shiny. I think it's a sticker. Well, underneath? Yeah, go down a little oh, bit more. I'm making, <laughs> probably making crinkly noises on the microphone. Wait, here we go. 
<laughs> Extra large, tall. That's my name. I don't know if people knew that. The podcast is not actually named after me. <laughs> All right. So I'm trying not to... I, I keep moving the jacket around a bit, and so I hope it's not making too much wrinkly noise on the thing. So... Okay, so we're in that limbo week between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah. Where... So you don't know how much you should be drinking. <laughs> or if you should give yourself a break. Right. From drinking. Right. Um... <laughs> He, the dog was making his little growly noise like he does sometimes when he scratches his ear. He's like, oh, that feels so good. Yeah. Uh, anyway. But so, yeah, we're, so we're in that limbo week between Christmas and New Year's. And uh, But this year, for the first time in, what, three years, I'm actually working this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, yeah. It's going to be weird. It yeah. It was already kind of weird today. Yeah. It was really weird for me today because, like, yesterday was Christmas Day. And, you know, we're at your parents' house. And I'm sitting there, you know, snacking on some dinner there. And I'm thinking, crap, I got to get up and go to work in the morning. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even like, you know, oh, yeah, I got to go to work in a day or two. It's like, no, I got to go to work in the morning. But, you know, then again, what else would I do? I would have sat on my butt and got fat here if I didn't go to work. So, you know. You'd play games. I would play games. Yeah, we we would play games. So speaking of which, though, that kind of leads nicely into... in. In what scientists are calling completely contrary to the universe, I made some informal New Year's resolutions. You did? Related to gaming. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we already know my whole, like, lose weight before I turn 50 thing. So I have, like, what? Like, 120 years for that because I'm young. (laughs) First one is I'm going to get Mice and Mystics to the table and we're going to play it through. Yeah. And if it's just you and me, then we do just you and me. If we can get two, because I think it's up to four players. If we can get two other people that will commit to it, then we'll do that. But that's that's one gaming resolution that I made. And then the other one? Well. Or one of the other ones? There's, <laughs> there's more. But wait, there's more. There's more. I commit, and then by the way, I, I committed these, or committed, Sounds like I, I committed this crime. No, I made these commitments on my Twitter gaming account. So so they are public to the world. Not that anybody follows me there either or cares what I post. Another one was all of the D&D Adventure System board games. I will This year, I will start on getting playthrough of all of them, all the scenarios in all each of them in order, starting with um, Castle Ravenloft, then Wrath of Shardalon, Legend of Drizzt, Drizzt, that name's weird, Uh, then (laughs) Temple of Elemental Evil, and the new one that's out that we haven't purchased yet, Tomb of Annihilation. 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 That's based on the old Tomb of Horrors thing. Annihilation Jubilation. There's a tie-in 5th edition D&D adventure. Anyway, so so yeah, this year's going to start that. There's more. I figured that. This year also. Well, okay, I keep saying this year. I mean this coming year, 2018. I will play, I will run one, at least one session using the Savage Worlds rule system and one session using the Dungeon World rule system. Um, The first time I tweeted it, I accidentally missed struck the keys and so it was one session savage worlds and 21 session dungeon world (laughs) you can't edit your tweets so i had to just reply to it and say well no that was supposed to say one not 21 but i guess if i like dungeon world i'll run 21 that would be a lot yeah it would be a lot um (laughs) it'd probably be more dnd sessions than we get in over this coming year um it's like you're showing your favoritism one with this and yeah, 21, 21 with the other. I know. <laughs> well, there was there was a couple of people who saw it and hit the like button to it. Um, there was one. It's it's a tweet. 
it's a Twitter bot. They they retweet anything that is Savage Worlds related. So that's why it retweeted it. But you know, to to all the all the Dungeon World fans out there that both saw my tweet and listened to this podcast. So we're talking about a set of zero. <clears throat> to all of those people, um, or one. I'm not. Who would follow me on Twitter and listen to this podcast? I don't know. Somebody. I mean, I did post a link to this podcast on that Twitter account at one point, but I don't think I got any attention that way. So, you know, it won't be 21 sessions of Dungeon World. It'll be one minimum, maybe a couple more. But see, that will also involve or require involvement of at least one other person outside of us preferably two so there's that but yeah that's the um that's the commitments for new year's resolutions that i made on twitter today so are you are you you in on that you're you're willing to support me i support you yes and and are you going to participate in these possibly (laughs) maybe just because you made some sort of resolution doesn't mean i have to follow wait i forgot there's one more i was thinking there was one more but then i didn't remember it and i just my my new year's resolution is to not play as many games my new year's resolution (laughs) (laughs) thanks thanks a lot yeah Yeah, that doesn't your resolution doesn't work with my resolution sorry i'm trying to cut down on that yeah (laughs) so no, my New Year's resolution was in 2018, I will finally get started the monthly tabletop board gaming group. It's going to get started. Now, I mean, if, if it doesn't start until December 2018, I'll still have met the resolution. Yeah. But <laughs> I, hope, I hope to start it up come summertime. You know? Which, of course, would be the hardest time of year to start it up because... everybody's busy. Everybody's busy. We're going on our camping trips and stuff like that. So, you know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> More traffic. So, yeah, that... Yeah, oh. that's what it's like, living in the city. <laughs> <laughs> living in the big city. Big city of action. So there's a segue into the next topic to our listeners. See, it's How long has it been since last we recorded? It's been a couple weeks, right? I believe. Yeah. I think. I think it's been a week and a half, two weeks. Yeah, because last week was all about prepping for Christmas. Yeah, and I thought we might get one in there, but no, that never happened. And then I was thinking we would possibly record on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day that morning. But no, that didn't happen either. But that's okay. This is actually better because we can do a full post-Christmas wrap-up. Wrap up. Yeah, the taco salad was delicious. It was. The like spe- everybody said, it seems to get better and better every year. I know. And then one of these years, I'm just going to flop and everybody will hate. No. But it'll get me out of having to make a taco salad every year. Blame their palates. Like, well, yeah. I don't know what happened to your palate, but, you know. You whatever. guys must have been eating junky food all year to <laughs> not like this. This is gold right here. Yeah. yeah. Is that weird that like Christmas Eve dinner every year for how many, four or five years running now has been taco salad? It is kind of weird, but I mean, <laughs> it's easy. It is. It's totally easy. And it's good. Because after Thanksgiving and all the buildup for cooking for that, it's just kind of like, do you really want to have to do that again? Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it's nice, but yeah, we've got so much going on with both our families that I know, right? it's right now undoable to make like a really big dinner for Christmas. Yeah. I mean, the... The biggest dinner for Christmas is typically at my mom's house. But even then, I mean, spaghetti and meatballs this year, which was good. Yeah. But if, mom, if you're listening to this. A nice I, change. Yeah. It, mom, if you're listening to this, the, the dinner was delicious. So don't take this statement the wrong way. But don't ever buy pre-made meatballs again. <laughs> oh, were they pre-made? Yeah, they, they were. They I were frozen bag. I don't know if they were frozen, but they were. They were pre-made. No, they were. De- they actually were delicious. I really liked them, but I was just thinking, what the hell? This is Christmas. We gotta make stuff. I made a taco salad. 
I mean, I like the vegetable tray we we brought. I hand cut all those vegetables. Yeah. I didn't buy no, you know, pre-made pre-packaged vegetable nut. tray. <laughs> with the bad ranch. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Right. With bad ranch. We see, and that's the other thing too. We got the good ranch dressing, which I think we left our ranch dressing container over at my mom's. Yep, we sure did. It was in the fridge. I put it in the fridge. Yeah. Whoops. That's okay. Whatever. Maybe my kid will eat it when he goes over there. Since he's always over there. Yeah. Well, you know, someone's got to feed him. It's not going to be us. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Okay. So why <clears throat> I, I totally blew the segue of the noise living in the city. We're yeah. moving. Not today or tomorrow. Not tomorrow. Uh, don't know exactly when yet, but. Not the next day. Po- as the earliest. Not wo- next week. No, but. Right. But the earliest we could move would be the end of January. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, we'll be moving to the new Sid vs. Coco location, the new studios. Mm-hmm. I'm curious of what our patio recording will be like because we will have a busier street directly over the wall behind us. Yeah. But. Once we get that sunroom up. Well, that's that might some uh, time. Oh, that'll totally make a difference. Yeah. Might be in a sweet spot to I'm go just hang cu- out. Yeah, I'm just curious, like how much, like that, that car that just went by. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, is it going to be like that loud? The whole time. The whole time. I don't think it'll be the whole time because I mean, depending on what, like we're recording actually earlier than usual because it's, it's my watch is not okay. It's seven o'clock. Usually we don't record till like nine. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, if we recorded this, there might be more traffic. Also, when we get to spring and summer and it's light later, I don't know. I don't know exactly what it'll be like because we're on such a very fixed schedule <laughs> with this podcast anyway. Totes fixed. Yeah. yeah, but it'd be exciting. You know, one once it gets the garage converted too and turn it into a cool hangout spot, we might be able to record there. Mm-hmm. You know, we're gonna make a joke about. We get it converted into a nice cave. And then, of course, the phrase man cave came to mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I think about it, too. I think it's ridiculous. But uh, I saw a thing. It was awesome. It was like a little... Somebody posted on the internet a picture that said, ditch the man cave, bring back the study. And it showed a picture of, like, you know, know. real nice mahogany, like yeah. library shelves and plush leather chairs. And, like, I mean, classy stuff. Where, like, where you... you know, I mean, there's no TV in there. There's it's, a fireplace. It's right. Yeah. It's in like... A- a tabletop globe looking thing. Yeah. It's like it's like where where like education you need a happens. Ladder and stuff. to get up to the books I know. on the top shelf. <laughs> oh man. That would be so awesome. <laughs> I would love to absolutely have something like that. Yeah. But um, no it, it floor to ceiling window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- I mean, yeah, this this garage conversion that we do will be less, you know, aristocratic study and more suburban den, but you know, it's 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 not a man cave, that's for damn sure. Cuz you know, if it was a man cave, I'd be out there by myself and I don't want to be out there by myself. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah. I want you to be there. I want my favorite lady to be there. It's a, a lady cave. The lady cave. I was did, just kidding. Did you see the, have you ever seen the, the what they call the she shed? I've heard of she sheds. Yeah. It was a thing that it was, it basically was, you know, the, in opposition to the man cave. Uh-huh. Women would, they're like the, the garden storage shed and they decorate them up all real nice and paint them. And I mean, they were, obviously they were done more like traditionally effeminate with that it's like oh it's what women like it's aesthetically pleasing but but still yeah i mean I, I i figure why not i mean if if a guy's gonna be like this is the man cave you know only men or whatever well why why wouldn't someone you know a woman say okay fine then don't come into my shed because i'm gonna keep it clean and organized and 
not a trashy mess like your stupid cave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pigs. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, it's a funny topic. The whole men versus women thing. I think it's ridiculous, for one. That's why I almost like felt weird talking about the fact that it's a woman's zipper on this jacket <laughs> to tie it back to the front. Because it's like, I'm not saying it as in, oh, why is there a woman's zipper on a man's shirt? But, but it I, does kind of make you think, like, wait, I'm not used to doing it well, that way. Yeah, there's that. And also, it makes me think, why do buttons and zippers, well, why are they? Matter. Why don't they just do the same freaking... Yeah. I... I sides. Or I'm pretty both. sure I, I read know. about this once, and I don't remember the exact reason, but it, it was... It was something to do with the fact that men, because obviously the majority of the people in the world are right-handed. So typically people have better fine motor skills with their right hand than with their left. So the hand that's going to active you know, control the button going through the buttonhole, you want that to be your right hand. And the hand that's going to guide the zipper on and pull it, that's your right hand. Because that's, you know, and the, with apologies to all the left handies in this world, I'm sorry the world favors right handers. It's just, that was genetically how the cookie crumbled. But, but, that, but that was my understanding of how buttons were designed. But men would button their own shirts up but women, because their clothes were more elaborate and fit tighter or whatever, would often get help from another woman to button their clothes up. So the buttons were reversed. So because when you're standing facing somebody, buttoning it up, buttons in your right hand would be on the left hand for the person wearing the shirt. Yeah. And I, th I and maybe I'm completely mm. misremembering that, but I seem to think that that was the explanation that I read as to why they're reversed. So did you ever wear a watch or anything like that? I mean, I know that you've had like, you know, some sort of bands on your wrists before or cuffs wait but what was the question have you ever worn a watch i'm wearing a watch right now oh well i meant like well see okay i'm not used to you wearing a watch you Even know though I've so been wearing this one for about a year now but i don't think of it as a watch for some reason i think of it as like a communication device or it's like true it's totally a dick tracy yeah. watch i could talk into it and send um, a text now some people they don't care but they'll wear their watches on the wrist of the writing hand. And that was always weird to me mm -hmm. to try to write because the way my hand would move as I'm writing or resting upon a desk or a table mm -hmm. uh, to have a watch on the wrist of the hand that I write with. So I'm just kind of wondering if that's a thing. I, that's a great question because I wonder the same thing. Now, I'm right-handed and I wear my watch on my left wrist. I know people who are right-handed who wear their watch on their right wrist. And are right-handed. And are, Yeah, that's what I mean, are right-handed and wear it on their right wrist. Now, I'm and I'm certain that there are left-handed people who wear the watch on their right wrist and left-handed people who wear the watch on their left wrist. I don't know the reasons for them, per se, why anybody does. For me, it's most comfortable to have my watch on my left wrist so I can see it while my right hand is like you said writing or doing things so yeah it's i'm wondering i don't i don't know what the motivate because I'm, I'm certain that it just feels right for the person wearing it that way they're like oh this is where i yeah. want to wear it here's another thing though most people when they wear their watch at least in my experience most people that i see the face of the watch is on top of their wrist basically with the, with the back of their hand mm -hmm. right I used to wear mine where the, it was on the... The palm. Inside. Yeah, I know some people who wear it the other way. So the face of the watch is on the underside of their wrist, basically the same side as the palm of their hand. And that seems like counter mm -hmm. to me. It seems odd. <laughs> and it's like, okay, same thing like if you wear your... I, I think the way they put put it because like my smartwatch when I was setting it up it asked me do you wear your watch on your dominant hand or not so instead of having to continuously say right hand left hand we can say 
just the dominant hand, right? So there are people who wear their watch on their dominant hand, and then it seems fewer people that wear it on their non-dominant hand. No, wait, wait, that's backwards. I think it's more common for people to wear a watch on their non-dominant hand, but there are still people who wear it on their dominant hand. And there are people, most people, it seems, wear their watch with the face on the top of the wrist or back of the hand. Fewer people, but still some, that wear it on the underside, on the palm side of their hand. Yeah, that's weird. It, well, it's not I mean none of them are weird in and of themselves. It's just it's weird to think about what would drive a person to wear the watch in those different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, what is it about the feel and functionality that does that? Now, the question for the smartwatch, it asking do you wear it on your dominant hand or not, uh, that might have to do with the display. Mm-hmm. But also maybe like if it's counting the steps and then going by yeah. your movement of yeah. your arms. That's exactly what your it's... Your dominant a- arm... Right. Moves a, uh, more, I would say. I, I think that the dominant arm would move more than the other one because it's just... Yeah. When I walk, I notice it. Well, yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I think that's what it's asking, too. And also, like, if I'm standing talking to somebody, especially me because I talk with my hands so much, but <laughs> yeah. I'm certain that there's more motion measured with my dominant hand than with my non-dominant hand, so it might compensate for that, too. It's going to say, well, a certain amount of this motion is just because he's reaching for things with that arm and touching things with that hand and talking and moving. So there's more movement. Yeah, so it's going to compensate for that to try to get a more accurate... Because, I mean, it's not like those watches actually count your physical steps right. or physically measure your di- I mean unless they're tied to your GPS but they're not physically counting distance and steps in that they're they're approximating it based upon the observed motions you have yeah the more There's, you know I'm hoping that again when I adjust this jacket it's not going <laughs> on the microphone again segue from dominant hand and watch wearing did you ever ride a skateboard when you were younger uh <laughs> i tried <laughs> okay i i wanted to skateboard and of course my mom being the smart parent that she was for the amount of time that she was when i was little <laughs> hmm. um she got me one of those uh combos where it starts out like a little scooter oh and then you can take the, the handle okay off of the scooter and mm-hmm. use it as a skateboard and so i tried yeah um but i was always afraid of falling because that was like around the time that i was pushed off the bars at school and fractured my arm um. and so ever since then i was like i ain't falling for nothing i don't want to break another arm yeah <laughs> Okay, well, do you remember when you rode your skateboard or scooter? Because this applies to scooters as well. Which one of your feet was my, I forward? believe my right foot was on the board, and my left foot was the one that I was using to get the movement. Okay, that's the second part of my question that I haven't asked. Which foot was on the front of the skateboard? Mm, my left foot. So you were left foot I forward. Was using, I, was, I was using my left foot to push. To, to push. And, and then I would get my left foot in the front. Forward. Yes. Okay. That way I could try to control okay. from the back of the board. So let me see if I could do this all verbally without any visual <laughs> clues because obviously, you know, when I make hand gestures, it's great for radio. But um, left foot forward, regardless of whether you're left footed or right footed, you know, which, regardless of which you're dominant foot, left foot forward is always considered regular foot and right foot forward was goofy foot. That was just how in skateboarding oh okay i was like so you're you (laughs) i was doing it properly well you well all of it's proper there's not a wrong way to do (laughs) it but my well the wrong way to do it would be to fall down all the time so but no 
<laughs> Which is why I did not want to do that. Right. But no, but this is, that's the terminology is left foot forward, regular foot, right foot forward, goofy foot. I rode goofy foot. So like when I was riding, as I was going forward, my body was facing to the left of my uh -huh. direction of travel and my right foot was forward. And you would be the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. But see, there's another thing to that as well. And it was what you started about is the foot with which you push. I also pushed with my left foot. It's just my left foot was my trailing foot. I had my right foot on the front of the board when I would push. You had your right foot more towards the back of the board when you would push. And that's another thing. And I, and I never I never really understood like how people did it other ways. Because like whenever I tried to change my stance, this is why I could never write, I could never skate ramp is I couldn't transition. If I, if I ever ended up moving goofy foot, I, left foot forward, I, I couldn't balance, I couldn't steer, I couldn't kick turn, nothing. I was totally spazzed out. So that's why I could only, that's why I only rode street. So, and I was never good. Let's make it very clear <laughs> that I was never good. You know, I, I, I looked cool, but I wasn't good at much. But anyway, that, that reminded me though of like the watch discussion because there's both left foot forward or right foot forward in your stance while riding, but also pushing with your forward foot or your rear foot riding, yeah. regardless which foot. So that made me think of wearing your watch dominant hand or non-dominant <coughs> hand and face of watch up on your wrist or under your wrist and palm side. So it's like you could make like a little grid. Oh, I wonder if there's a correlation there. Like, I wonder if people who ride like regular foot wear their watches on their dominant hand and, and goofy foot is non-dominant hand. Hmm. I doubt it. I doubt it seriously. But I don't know, but it mm. sounds like we need to start making some graphs and charts and getting some information. Well, in. you know, that's, the, that's the problem. Where are we going to get the data set? <laughs> you know, it's like, are we just going to walk down the street? He's like, Excuse me, did you ever ride a skateboard? Are you currently wearing a watch? Walk oh. through the neighborhood and observe the kids. <laughs> and then we'll get called on for yeah. watching kids. Yeah. Leave the kids alone, you weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, in other words, what you're saying is we'll do it before we move, then we'll be out of this neighborhood and nobody can... <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> we've got a we got just a month and maybe a little more to do this research. I don't think there's that many kids that ride skateboards. Yeah, I don't in really the neighborhood. See too many. And I'm not gonna go down to the skate park. No. No, that's dumb. Um yeah. I mean skate parks aren't dumb. Actually I think skate parks are great because it, it does gives them a, a space to Yeah. It gives them a space to, to be, and it actually gives them a good, good surface that's designed yeah. for skating. I mean, as a street skater, of course, I often improvise with whatever we found with curbs and walls and, you know, things like that. And then, of course, then some businesses that had really great places to street skate on would get really mad and they'd put things to deter all of us skaters. Yeah. Like, that's no fun. Yeah. Like the signs that say no skateboards allowed, which meant that we just all started skating with a screwdriver in our pouch so we could take the signs down and take them with us. I never did that. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Maybe. Shut up. Damn kids. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, oh my gosh. What's funny Fucking is... Fucking teenagers. Yeah. Man, back in the day... You're like, I wasn't a teenager. I was 23. <laughs> 22 but yeah so <laughs> um no that's the thing is back in the day i would say that i was one of those people that older generation would tell me to get off of their lawn because i definitely had an attitude and i mean i, I don't think you i thought you were so cool yeah i did 
I, I don't think that I was like over the top belligerent like with I wasn't destructive yeah. usually a couple times I was but usually I wasn't you know uh, you just like to look like you didn't care yeah but, <laughs> but, but I definitely had a bad attitude towards society in general you know but I don't think that's changed though <laughs> I still have a bad attitude towards society it's like you know, one of our favorite phrases now is, you know, I hate people. We don't really hate people, but we hate people. I don't hate individual people. An individual person can be awesome and fun to talk to and, and maybe teach me something and enlighten me in the world. But people... It, their actions. Yeah, people in general as a whole. The, the faceless society that's out there. Oh my God, they're horrible. Yeah. So I, I have a problem. You don't have a drink? My drink is empty. Well, that sounds like a problem. So do you want me to go in and get the rest of that bottle of wine? Sure. Okay, well, I'm going to leave you with the recording device so you can talk if you want or we'll edit it out. But I'm, I'm unclipping. Alrighty then. He just threw the ice out of his cup like he don't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, hopefully everybody had very Merry Christmas. I had a Merry Christmas. It was Merry and it was Christmas. There was some drama. There was like three Christmases involved if you think about it because there was Christmas Eve at my parents and then Christmas Day at his mom's and then back at my parents later on because we had to hurry up to say hello and goodbye to my cousin Rachel who came for a visit. Okay, I'm back. So, yeah. I'm Same putting question. my clip on. Hello, Haggis. Um... Tomorrow marks the death anniversary of Carrie Fisher. Oh. And then the day after tomorrow marks the death anniversary of Debbie Reynolds. Oh. Yesterday was the death anniversary of George Michael. <laughs> yeah. Wait, George Michael died on Christmas? Yeah. Don't y'all remember? I mean, no. not y'all because it's just you. Um, I was outside. We were at your mom. And I came in and I said, you guys, George Michael died. And then your sister was like, what? I'm like, yeah, apparently it was his last Christmas. I remember that joke now. Oh my God, that was a horrible joke. It was an awesome joke, really. But Way know. too soon. <laughs> but, hello. We couldn't dude, have been any sooner. Dude died on Christmas Day. What did he expect? It could, yeah, after, especially after that song, yeah. Well, it's not like he could have, that, it's not like that joke could have been any sooner. I mean, it, you know. Yep. So, okay. So, here's the question. How soon is too soon? How soon is now? Listen. <laughs> listen, Linda, listen. listen. No. How soon is too soon for those things, you know? I mean, yeah, obviously, at least not from us. Disrespect is never intended to when somebody yeah. dies, even if it's somebody I hate. You know, it, you know, I'm trying to even think back, like... Uh, this whole too soon mm -hmm. joke. I mean, the I can't remember when it started. I want to say for me, when I started thinking, wow, that's too soon, or people joking, whoa, too soon, was, uh, gosh, I want to say uh, 11 years ago that Steve Irwin died. Was it? Yeah, and uh, he died in September, and then in October for Halloween, Bill Maher yeah. dressed as Steve Irwin with a barb and blood on his chest and everything. So Are you doing that to your microphone? Too. Yeah, I was <laughs> doing a visual. Uh, so people are gonna hear dramatization. <laughs> but yeah, and so it was like, wow, that's too soon. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I, I guess maybe and it was a shock, but mm. then I remember there being a lot of too soon jokes going on after that. So I think that there's 
maybe a formula that one could develop for how soon is too soon. And and bear with me as I kind of sort out the math, again, verbally, because I don't have a chalkboard. Too soon would be the amount of time between the announcement of a person's death and when it is an appropriate to do or say a particular thing in reference to that death, okay? If the amount of time elapsed is less than that number, then it's too soon. The way you calculate that number, you would have to say that um, the level of class of the thing done or said, the higher it is, the smaller the too soon number is, right? Like your last Christmas comment, that's pretty classy actually because it's clever and he wrote that song last Christmas and it was a big hit and all that and you weren't being disrespectful towards him as a person, you weren't making fun of who he was or what he did or or even the song itself. So, you know what I mean? It's like, that was, it was not uncouth or or uh, what's the word I'm looking for derogatory or anything like that mm-hmm. so so I think that you know the higher classy it is that the, the the more complimentary the the thing you do or say is the, the lower the too soon number would be so that's one thing I think also maybe the the nature of the death like like if a person you know I mean George Burns was how old when he died 100 101 something like yeah. that so to say he was older than God, since especially since he played God in the movie Oh God, remember with John uh-huh. Denver? Yeah. You know, you could say that like when he died. Well, he should have died. He was older than God. Because, again, he's so, I mean, like the older they are, I think also the shorter the too soon. No one, it's not the older they are. I guess it's the more natural the cause of death. Uh-huh. That's what I'm trying to get at. Because George Burns, I mean, he was ready to die. The guy was, again, he was older than God. He was just so old. So, yeah, that's fine. I mean, if somebody dies when they're 25, 27, that's right. The 27 is or the rock star a, year. if a, a child dies and yeah. someone jokes and says, oh, No, what's, what's the rock star age that dies? The 27? 27. Yeah. That's the 27 club. Yeah, yeah. So, like, if you die when you're 27 from, like, a, a tragic car accident, yeah, maybe the too soon number gets a little longer, you know? So, yeah, so the nature slash age at which you die, I think, factors in, right? You know, so like you know, David Bowie, he, we knew he had cancer. We knew he we was. We did? Well. Because when he died, it was like, what? He had cancer? That's that's true. We didn't. But, well, some people did. But when the news came out, it was, we, they knew it was because. Yeah, we, we knew his health was they failing. Because you know, he had become more reclusive. He had, you know, there were rumors about gaunt. his health not being as well, good. You know, yeah. Well, didn't he collapse like. He, well, yeah, it was. Uh, three, six months prior to his death. No. He died in January, mm-hmm. and I believe it was like in December or something like that when there was the, the I think it was Lazarus Lay yeah. or something like that. I don't know if it was on Broadway or yeah. Broadway, but it was yeah. in New York. And uh, he went to the premiere, but he was nearly passing out. Yes, there, right, so yeah. He had to leave. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so I mean, so that sort of a thing. It's like, you know, be, because it, it's not like it was totally necessarily unexpected. I mean, yeah, it was unexpected by the public at large, but it's still... His inner circle knew. Yeah, so, you know, there's that. So, so that's the factor. So, we've got... What, what do we have? What was the first one I said? God, I can't remember what I said the three first, minutes ago. The, well, you're talking about the 27 Club. No, 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 but prior to that, the, like the factor, the... Oh, how classy the thing you do or say is. Yeah. The classier it is, the shorter the two soon number can be how timely and or tragic the death is. If the death is extremely tragic, the more tragic the death is, the higher the too soon number is. The the more timely, in other words, like, oh yeah, you know, like again, the George Burns, he's 101, 100 years old, whatever. The longer that is, the, the more timely the death is, the shorter the too soon number can be, right? And so there was another factor I was thinking, oh, <clears throat> the one, one I'm tr- I think is a variable is the fame factor, right? Mm-hmm. Because on the one hand, the less famous a person is, the more, per- I mean, 
you know, like if somebody announced tomorrow that my third grade teacher died, I mean, I'm assuming he's still alive. We saw him a few years back. Remember when we were at the Mexican restaurant and my mom was we yeah. there with my, yeah. But yeah, like if, if tomorrow they announced that he died, he's not famous. So really it's only gonna be upsetting to the people that knew him, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that would require a little more tact, a little more considerate, you know, things. You don't want to, the, the too soon number gets longer is what I'm trying to say. So the more famous a person gets, the more likely their death is to be known and well circulated when it happens. So the too soon timeline, I think, gets shorter by that. But at some point, maybe the more famous they are, the longer it has to be. I, well, maybe it's the type of fame. Like entertainers, like celebrities, like singers and actors and that. I think the more famous they are, the shorter the too soon number is going to be. But for for people who do, I'm making an unnecessary classification here, I think, but you know, like the Nobel Prize winner that discovered a cure for cancer when that happens or something, you know, that's a person that they're going to be super famous for doing that. But also I think that's going to make their greater fame is going to make their too soon number even longer because they did a really big important thing that helped humanity at large. Mm -hmm. So, you know, cut them some slack. Stop making jokes about them dying. Douches. I know, right? Fucking douchebags. Jeez. What the hell's wrong with these people talking shit? Douche bagels, even. Bags of bagels. Bags Douche of bags of bagels. Douche bags of bagels. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you eat a bag of douches. With a side of bagels. With a side of bagels. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. So. You need to schmear your bagels. Schmear <laughs> your schmear. I can't even say the word schmear. Schmear. That reminds me of the birdcage. When the scene, remember when, 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 um, oh, what were the, uh, were the characters in the birdcage, Robin Williams and Nathan Lane's, were their character names the same as the original? The original? I think. Arm I, I, what was Armand? Robin Williams? Armand? I believe right? it was Armand. Yeah, because that was, that was and that then, character from um, the original. And Nathan Lane's character. Albert. Albert. They called him Albert. Yeah, I think, I think and it was, I think yeah, it was even, Albert. Even, uh, yeah. It was the, Albert. Armand and Albert were their then, names uh, in La Cage Faux. The maid. <laughs> Which was Hank Azaria's character uh, from Guatemala. Oh my uh, God! What was the name? Uh, well, Spartacus was his actual name, but uh, Agador, Agador Spartacus. <laughs> and I don't remember what the original name was. I don't either. In the French version. I'll tell you when I saw the when we when, when we watched the original. Watched the, original when, just the French version. Yeah, when we watched La Cage Faux, when and when that character came on, and I realized that the original actor that played didn't that role. Shoes. Well, the, yeah, not that he didn't wear shoes, but he was the, the he the the big afro, and he was all cut and dark skin. I was like, oh, that I was just like, that was such a beautiful moment to see that going because Hank Azaria. I mean, he did a great. He was job. in good shape for that role. Oh, he was, but I mean, the the original. I was just like, I don't it, know what he looks like now. It, yeah, I don't either. But he, he's he was still in good shape. He was what? He's probably still in good shape. Probably, jeez. No, well, he's got the money to be in good shape. I know, shape, right? You know what I mean? No, but I'm saying that that character, the house, the house boy, which was <laughs> I think is how he was credited in the in the credit was the house boy. The the original French movie, and then of course the American remake of it. That character, the the American remake of it, it was very obvious that it was you know just you know well Hank Azaria's character, it was just. It was, I mean, well, he wasn't a white guy, obviously, but well, he was, I think he was supposed to, well, he was, said he was Guatemalan, mm -hmm. but just kind of had that kind of Cuban flair to him, you know, for, which was appropriate for being set in South Beach, Florida, right? Mm -hmm. But in the <laughs> oh, French, yeah. in the French movie, their houseboy was a very well, you know, well worked out, fit black man with the afro, and then because it was done in the 70s, too. Yeah. And that, like I think. He probably does yoga. He probably does. But uh, what I was going to say is, I think that that played to the fact, I mean, 
played to the nature of the 70s that he was seen as a very exotic person then and so that was their little houseboy went around cleaning house for them and making food the movie is such the, they are such wonderful movies i everybody listening when all you're, four of you all four of you maybe five now maybe five. Oh yeah so but if don't pause now because then you'll never come back to it but <laughs> after you're done listening to this make time to see both la cage au Faux, which is 1976 was it we should have known from our movie club that we were in. Yeah, I mean... I think it was 76. But anyway, it was a 76 French film. 74. I don't know. No, no, because Blazing Saddles was 74. And I don't think this was the same year as Blazing Saddles. So go see that. And see that one first, because that one was done first. And also watch it with subtitles, not with voiceover dub. Because subtitles is better. Sub over dub, always. And then, after you watch that, you digest it. Maybe watch it again, because it's a very, very funny movie. It's a fantastically funny movie. Although the role of the son in the original movie, I didn't care for as much. Then, then give yourself a little time to digest it, and then go get um, The Birdcage. Robin Williams, Nathan Let's Lane. Let's see here. She's got movie. But no, but watch The Birdcage. And, in, oh, it's just, it is such a genius movie. The movie was so well made and so funny. I love it. She's looking up dates. Not like... 1978? 78. Okay, so I was off by two years. Yeah, 1978. All right. But I believe it was based off the play, which was like 1973. Yeah, based oh. on the 1973 French play of right. the same name. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go to a play. What kind of play? Like, like a. I mean, obviously, like a we're, good play. <laughs> we're in California, so we can't really it's go so to Broadway. Hard. But I mean, I have been to some of this local bullshit. And yeah, no, no, no. I don't want that. I don't want any of that crap because whatever. They no. think they're so neat and different yeah. and funny, and I'm just like, nope. You, you know what? Actually, my impression, just to to build on what you're saying is the people who are and I haven't I, I literally have not seen any actual local productions of plays so I can't speak to what they may look like on stage but people that I've met that have been in these plays they don't bother me with their pretense so much as the people that work in stage production for the local theater group those people oh give me a break i mean some of them i can't speak to all of them that's a very broad stroke i'm painting with right now but who so are you calling abroad <laughs> so some of the people that work in local stage production in our area think that they are so cool and in the know in the know in the and enlightened just because they move up stage props around behind the scenes at a local playhouse and guess what's going on with that they're making like under minimum wage and yeah. still living at mom and dad's house yeah well now the fact that they're making under minimum wage speaks to the problem with the economy in this country in general. Because oh, of course. I think I mean, that's a problem. Always, that always comes into play. That, that's a, a problem. Yeah. But the, the type of people oh that we're talking God, about and, and you know them and their backgrounds and it's yeah. just they're, they're not going to get out of it and make something of themselves. No. Like actually... Uh, be independent and take care of themselves. Right. They're trying to. Well, when they first got started, some of them, not mm -hmm. all of them, mm -hmm. but when they first got started, into it, it was like because they wanted to be a part of the scene. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. um, thought that the city of Modesto was going to become this big, cool yeah, hangout I town. Know. You know, like they're they're going to get on the map. It's the cultural mecca of the yeah, Central Valley here. Right. 
Yeah. And uh, But it was also like they also felt good about themselves because there's hardly anybody that you don't know in the downtown area. Yeah. And so everybody knows somebody and then they think, oh, people know me. Yeah. I'm cool because, you know, people know me. That's just, (laughs) and that's really just unfortunate because... I don't have to to be in a band or... Yeah, I know. That's a whole other thing. You know, work at the the bar and be the best bartender or something, but... You know, then that's that's an unfortunate thing because, you know what I mean, the arts with, you know, with whether it's, you know, music and bands or or stage productions with plays and that, I mean, those things are awesome. That they enrich the world, they enlighten people, they make us happy. Uh, yeah, I want those things to be available. And I want those things to be available and to succeed. And and I know I have worked in that industry off and on throughout various stages of my life, both being the performer and also being the person running the stage or working behind this, you know, doing sound, lights, whatever. People doing lights for a show, the people doing sound, the people building that stage and tearing it down, the people getting... They're what makes the show Yeah, the happen. people getting all of your crap hooked up up to the soundboard so you in it getting the previous band stuff torn down and your stuff set up in 15 minutes so that you could go on on time (laughs) i mean those people all make the service industry is absolutely necessary and they're underappreciated and undervalued in society in general but what we're speaking about is few select individuals within these roles specifically that think that just because they were oh i was stage manager for the outdoor stage at the uh the fat tuesday celebration on 11th street in modesto you know or yeah uh a couple of my buddies they work uh you know sound and everything at gallo center of the arts and like yeah. this one band came through i and, did like, load in they for that got band. me to to be able to work on the stage and crew and like i got to meet the band members and you know yeah. have a couple drinks with them before they played it's yeah like, so you really weren't working then, were you? And you know what? I mean, and that's the thing. It's like I've I've met people in bands before. It was cool. It's always neat when you can meet somebody that's in a band that plays music that you like and enjoy, the music that's enriched your life. And I'll be honest, like if, if I met anybody from Depeche Mode that, you know, my favorite band, yeah. I would probably cry a little bit. Like, oops, I cropped my pants. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, but I don't think I'm better than anybody else. Oh, no. For having that. Okay, oh, remember no. when we met Ronan from V&V? Oh, yeah. You know, he was standing on the side of the like, freaking well, venue. Shit, let's just go. Let's go and say hi. Thank you. I'm, yeah, I shook his hand and said, thank you. And I, I think you got a hug from him, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. And he had his, like, pointy His little pointy boots. boots. He was not nearly as tall as I expected him to oh, be. Oh, no, he wasn't nearly as tall as <laughs> I, I, ex- I, I just thought he'd be taller was he shorter than me yes well maybe but he also had that like bigger coat on too he did but i mean but still i mean that doesn't diminish the fact that vnv nation if you don't listen to them go check them out oh my god we went around oh by the way just thought i should let you know did you know i I totally saw this band and like we talked for like half an hour yeah talked thrown a little bit he knows who i am yeah you know, we're probably t- gonna like you know. Here's a picture of me with each him. other later. Here's a picture of me with him. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. And that's my point. It's like meeting celebrities, meeting people who have that are artists and creative types that have performed. That's fun. It's awesome. You're not a better person than anyone else because you've done that. You're maybe a luckier person than a lot of people, yeah. but you're not better. Well, you know, it's funny in my mind, like back to when I used to use Twitter and, and other means of, of social media to connect to other people and follow mm-hmm. different celebrities or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, you know, I guess it'd be neat if like I 
responded to a, a tweet or a picture or whatever was posted and got a personal reply from the person, you know, that, that's in the band. And I I'm not saying that never happened, but the ones that make me happier are like the times like when I'd say something nice and, and funny or just cute and and Richard Simmons replies to me, you know, or something. And, and it's like, oh, thank you so much. You're just so sweet. And I or, got a retweet or, from Eric Erlinson. Yeah, we'll see that too. I remember that. But I know, <laughs> it I just was so things. stupid what I tweeted um, and he retweeted. It was ridiculous. Just the little things like from the people that, you know, they aren't the biggest celebrities. No. You know, they aren't the trendy. Nope. Model, hot actor actress whatever yeah it's people that you 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 grew up with you know Mm -hmm. and they might have been super famous at one point but now they're just like not they're i guess they're they're more approachable is what yeah i think so too they're more approachable and they're more humble Mm -hmm. about it well because i think i mean freaking i remember like like saying something to Barry Manilow and him liking my comment and be like oh my god Barry Manilow I remember when I was like three and I was like in the car seat rocking out to singing Mandy or something it's just you know it's (laughs) like holy crap (laughs) it's really neat (laughs) yeah yeah or boy George he's like I remember he would always be I mean he probably still is very active but oh yeah I don't know I mean he was very responsive to people and so you know there were a couple times mm-hmm. like where we exchanged a couple tweets back and forth yeah well i i'm I, like if you only knew that i had a crush on you right <laughs> i you know i would like to think that celebrities uh, creative types famous people etc those that like that get it that they understand that they're just a human and they're doing their thing that they can do and and maybe they maybe they're proud i mean they can be proud of the things that they've done you know the acting roles or singing or guitar playing or drum whatever whatever it is they do art you know all those things that i can't do they can do i think those of them that realize that they do that because they get personal fulfillment out of it and they also maybe get a, a sense of satisfaction that what they're doing is entertaining other people those are the ones that are going to end up being approachable i mean like those people who know me know that i am a super 100 percent amateur musician i i'm, I'm a two-bit hack that I thought it was a three-bit no nope, no nope. two-bit <laughs> i know two bits. i know it's always been two bits yeah because two bits I'm is 25 cents time. i'm giving you a bad time <laughs> okay listen linda listen so <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie. You know, when I've when I've been on a stage playing in front of people, and I think the, I want to say the largest crowd I've ever played in front of is maybe like 200, 300, maybe, maybe, right? So small. I've never played in front of like 5,000 people or 20,000 people, obviously. Regardless of that, whenever I've played in front of people, it is fun. It is fun to be up there on stage and kind of think, oh, I'm a rock star. Check me out. I'm, I'm having fun. I'm kind of doing a rock star thing. And, you know, you've got, like, as we know from this podcast, you put a microphone in front of me and I will attempt to talk f- forever or at least sing or do something to be part of you. He definitely takes over. Yeah. But... What I found is after having done it a few times, the thing to me that was the most satisfying and the most fulfilling is when after I'm done or like when I'm on a break between sets, when someone would come up and say, oh man, you, this is so awesome listening to this music. I'm so glad you guys are up there playing music. You know, this is great. Thanks so much. Because then I realized that, because honestly, I think the most I've ever been paid 
for playing a show is a hundred dollars and drinks and drinks <laughs> for four hours playing it was one of the shows mm -hmm. at you know with, yeah. with zero hour where we you know four sets and there were five of us in the band and because we got the register the of drinkers or drinks at the, least the total intake for the register was above a certain amount we got mm -hmm. a double bonus so so we got up to 500 bucks for the band so 100 bucks each for the night you know so that's like the most that i've ever gotten paid i think for playing a show and and it also helped that the head bartender was the singer in the band. You read, so, well, you that know. did help. Yeah. But no, but, but I mean, but the point being is like, so it's like, I never did this for money. I've never made my living as an entertainer. It was for fun. It was always for fun. <clears throat> and when people came up to me and said, hey, man, that was that was so awesome. I'm, I'm so glad that you all are up there playing music. It's entertaining. It's fun. We're dancing, you know, whatever. That to me was the best part of it. When, when I realized that I, I like, I was somebody that helped someone else have a good time to enjoy their evening. That to me was satisfying. And the point of me bringing all this up is that I think that, you know, celebrities, musicians, actors, art, whatever, artists, all that. I think those that get a a genuine joy out of knowing that other people are enjoying their creative works they're the ones that are the most approachable people that are like well I'm doing this because I'm famous and I'm making lots of money and all that you're not gonna you're not gonna get to talk to mm -hmm. those people because they're just they're jerks they're pretentious they're jerks. the, the Lars's yes the, world. the largest of the world yeah we're talking to you Lars because I know you're listening to this podcast you're listening to this podcast to see if you can uh, <laughs> give us a cease and desist <clears throat> for uh, copyright infringement on speaking your name <laughs> that's right you know what's funny though is and well also why i dis one of the many 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 reasons why i disagree with intellectual property law is you can register you know you can register your image your face with likeness rights i mean everybody inherently has the right to protect their own image and not have the image be used to for freaking for profit weird al had to freaking protect his shit recently yeah but but one, it wasn't always that way. But and also two, celebrities specifically will register their image. They'll register paperwork saying that, that you know, explicitly stating that they hold the rights to their image and that they do not give consent for others to do it. It's called likeness rights. Yeah. Yeah. I had my likeness rights registered for a while. Stupid. It was completely stupid. <laughs> You're such a rock star. I am so not oh a rock God. star. I am so not a rock star. Man. I never fucking headshots. I'm never I was never, never made out for 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 the rock star lifestyle. I really, really never was. You know. Well so how long have we been recording? I have not been keeping track. We at all. never keep track of this. I mean, well let's see. It was six something when we started and it's almost eight right now. Holy crap, we've probably got over an hour of raw data. Raw. Raw. Well, what what did we learn today? I learned that I wasn't a goofy skater. Goofy footed, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like to say goofy skater. Fair. <laughs> um, I also learned that I'm fucking still worn out from the Christmas stuff. Yeah. I learned that there is a time that's too soon. Oh, yeah. But it varies from person to person. Did we learn anything else? Uh, I learned that... I drink too quickly mm. because I was sipping earlier and then you're like, okay, I'm empty. And then we got some wine and now I'm like, oh my God, I'm almost empty. Well, I'm almost empty too. I think that's a sign that uh, 
we should probably wrap this up. So this will be our last podcast of 2017, our fourth podcast ever. Oh, okay, we didn't unless give a- we get all crazy. And yeah, another one. You no, know, maybe, but I doubt it. I, when are we going to do that? Between now and New Year's. Yeah, I know, but we've got <laughs> we've got a third game of Takedo to play on our Hindekathon. Oh, never mind. And then we got. I'm going to win myself a trophy. That's again. right. Oh, okay. We have to give contact information. You can contact us. Uh, contact us via email. Sid versus Coco Eleven. It's S Y D V S C O C O Eleven at gmail.com. You can contact us there. Send us questions, comments, feedback, uh, topics, music information, because we will be developing our song challenge format for the new year. That's yeah. Let's make that... We've had a, f- a couple requests of genre. Yeah. Let's make that our, uh, our podcast's so. New Year's resolution. 2018 will bring the song challenge yeah. to you. Our next episode, we will be starting on that. Will we? Yes, I think we should. Okay, well then we got some footwork to do between now. Yes, um, so there's that. So Sid versus Coco Eleven at gmail dot com. Send us anything you want to send us via that. Um, <clears throat> uh, what else is there? If oh, you want a shout out, you know, we can do that too. Just pay us that the right way, amount of money. All of the <laughs> other four listeners or whoever can hear yep. that we did a shout out for you. And then, what yeah. else was I going to say? Yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> obvious, obviously, if you're listening to this, you know where we are. Bumpers.fm is the website that hosts this. It provides the software to do this. Um, it's lots and lots of fun, and we thank them for having this platform for us. I am still working on figuring out how to get this feed to go to more traditional avenues for um, podcasts, such as iTunes and Google Play, maybe even Stitcher. Stitcher might be easier to do. If I can get it sent out to Stitcher, I'll start there. So anyway, so there's that. and um, Or if you know of anything, you know, that we haven't mentioned. You might yeah. want to let us know. Yeah, we. I've been given. Okay, I don't know if he's actually listened to this, but I have been given uh, by listener number one. No, I'm your listener number one, <laughs> and I'm listener number two. Okay, number three. No, 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 not him. Okay, um, number four. No, no, not her either. No, this is. I don't know if he's a listener yet. Oh, he regular communicates okay. with me on on Google Hangout and um, <clears throat> talking about misheard lyrics. Oh yeah, we were. Yeah, we mentioned something about that. So maybe day. that maybe we can f- sprinkle those into it. But I'm going to tell him that he has to listen to our podcast, prove that he's listening to the podcast to before I'll include any of his material. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, as far as the misheard lyrics are concerned, people need to dig deep. Like when you were three maybe four i don't know how old you were but if you heard something a certain way i don't remember what i had for breakfast this morning let alone what happened i'm just thinking like when i was little i remember our lips are sealed was like olives or seals or something like that i always thought it was arless something something i didn't understand yeah that definitely doesn't go along with the song at all well no but (laughs) well yeah (laughs) <laughs> I could just hear Belinda Carlisle saying something, something, understand. No, that's, oh my God. <laughs> uh, All right, now I'm getting silly. Okay, well, so I guess we don't, re- we've never really had a formal sign off for these no, drinks no, and talks ones. And I think that you're trying to get me to, to do something to be the perfect moment to cut it off because you've done it before. I'm waiting for the prompt, but it hasn't happened, so... <laughs>
<laughs> and I guess we're out of time. 